Welcome to season four of the You Flourish podcast, Flourish in Faith. We are high energy, enthusiastic business women who are unapologetically Christians. At You Flourish Company, we know that our world puts such a high value on success and productivity, and our faith often gets put on the back burner. So we want to help you flourish in your faith. What does flourishing in your faith really mean? It means collaborating with God in every area of your life and in every season. With friends, family, and in business meetings, God wants to have a seat at your table, but you have to invite him in. And that's why this podcast exists, to help prepare you for every curveball that comes your way so you can stay grounded and flourish in your faith. Join us every other Tuesday for a new interview with a faith leader. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the You Flourish podcast, and we are in season four, and I am so thrilled to be joined today by Desri Neether, and Desri, I don't even know, are you in Arizona or are you in North Dakota right now? I am in Bismarck, North Dakota today. Okay, Bismarck, North Dakota, so she's, I know she travels back and forth, so she'll share maybe a little bit more about where she's at, what she's doing, Um, but yeah, I'm just excited for you guys to hear her story and um, hear what she's gone through and how she's found hope and made it through um, with the Lord. So with that, Desiree, why don't you just kick us off by sharing a little bit more about you, what you do, all the things, whatever you want to share. We're here. We're here for it. Sure. So um, I am a North Dakota native. I grew up in Williston, North Dakota up until high school. And then I went to NDSU. Um, and got my doctorate of pharmacy degree um, there, which we'll get into as well. Um, So born in Bismarck, raised in Williston. And yeah, I'm a daughter, a sister, a girlfriend, a Christian, an an encourager, motivator, and also a cancer survivor. So that's a big piece of my story that is a part of me, but it doesn't define me. Yes, I do reside in Bismarck and then also Scottsdale, Arizona. And we can talk a little bit about that um, with my work. And then what I do is I'm a high performance coach, which is a business and life coach, basically on steroids. And so I do one-on-one individual coaching um, with like individuals, groups and teams, organizations. And then I also do team building events within that coaching, whatever the organization needs for me and really got into this again because of my story and me hiring a coach. Um, And I just believe that success, just like faith is 70% mindset and 30% skill set. And so that's really why I got into the high performance coaching field. Um, In addition to that, I am in the real estate industry. I've been an agent for 10 years. And so I also um, do real estate in Bismarck and Arizona as well. So, yeah. I love it. That's a little about me. Yeah. Okay. So I really want to dive into the, what, the analogy you just said that, you know, I don't really remember what you said, but you, it's, you said it's like faith, but 70% mindset, 
and 30% skill set. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that means and um, how that's applicable to other things? Yeah. So I, and this is really where I, I came up with it, I guess, was um, I've just read a lot of books on like how the power of the mind works. And so throughout my cancer journey, which you'll learn about, one of the first things that happened when I first got diagnosed, which was eight years ago, um, I went into the doctor's office and the nurse said, I'm going to tell you right now, like I can tell people who are going to like do well with this journey, just based on like their attitude and their mindset. And so um, with that, I just started really kind of learning about how powerful the mind really is. And in the work setting, what I found is like, typically we do a lot of training and a lot of skill set of like how to do the job. But what's really holding people back is just really what's between their own two ears. And that's how powerful the brain is, right? So be that like lack of purpose or clarity or um, fears that we have, that's really what's holding you back. So you have all the tools, but you just aren't quite there, you know, in your mindset um, to do it. And faith is along with that, right? Mm-hmm. It is so true how strong our minds are. Like really, I mean, everything is controlled by what we think about. Like the idea of what you think about, you bring about. And it's so true, like even in our bodies, like you're saying. Um, so yeah, why don't you dive into your cancer journey like you were sharing and give us a little more insight on your path with that and how you, you know, made it out and got to where you are still today. Sure. So nine years ago, um, I found basically a lump and I went to the doctor and like the healthcare system for most, it's really busy. And so you're in and out of there. Healthcare providers are overloaded with patients. And so my provider came in, um, looked at me and said, you're fine. You're good. Just a lump, like no worries. And so I pushed and pushed, um, to try and get a mammogram because it was in my armpit right next to my breast. And she said it wasn't necessary because at the time I was 33 and I had no family history of any sort of cancer. And so I went home and I thought about it. And you know, those just gut feelings that you have. I had one of those and I also do yoga. And so in yoga, they talk about how when the heart um, connects with the mind, that's really your intuition talking. Um, I think there was definitely some God moments in there too, but I just knew that I needed to push further. And so I did. Um, I asked for a mammogram. They kind of put me off. And so three months later, I finally got in and found out that it was in fact um, breast cancer, which set me on a journey of a whole year worth of planning, um, doing chemo, radiation, multiple surgeries, um, which was wonderful, right? Because it lead, led me to being cancer-free. Um, but yeah, in an instant, my life really changed at the young age of 33. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, with young women, it really changed some of the trajectory of what I thought my life was going to look at or look like. Um, because with that, I wasn't able to have children. Um, so my dreams and hopes of having kids like basically went out the window besides adoption on my own um, because of that. So one of those things where again, like life changes, the plan that you think you're going to have just doesn't work out. 
Right. I mean, I think a lot of us struggle with the idea we have this, we have this idea of what we think our life's going to look like. And I personally have been struggling with this. It's like completely surrendering our plan to the Lord because we are never in control. We want to be in control. We never will be in control, which is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Um, but I mean, for you, like you said, you had this complete plan for your life, what you think it's going to look like. You grow up thinking, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a family. I'm going to do all these things. And then it's completely like stolen from you. But in reality, it's not stolen from you, but that's what it feels like in that moment. And right. so how did you, how did surrendering your plan, like, what did that look like for you? How did you say, okay, God, now what, you know, what was that like for you? What emotions? And now how are you dealing with that? Sure. So when things like this happen, like whether it's a diagnosis or bad news or death or just any minor little thing, little setback, I think what the first thing that's really hard for us to do in, in this life really is to recognize like what you can and can't control. And sometimes that's a really tough reality. And so for me, it was an emotional roller coaster going through, but the things I couldn't control really was like how my treatment would affect my cancer and myself. I couldn't affect, I couldn't control the diagnosis. It was there. I couldn't control the side effects or, you know, my hair falling out or how others looked at me at the time. But I knew there was multiple things that I could control. And like I said, it was mindset and attitude. I knew I could control how I was going to go through the treatments and the plans. And lastly, I knew I can control like my faith. And I was always very, um, I feel like I was always rich in my faith. So I really clung to that um, through prayer and obviously going to church and then talking about it and having that support group and those um, pray for you. Um, so that year, honestly, I felt like I was stronger than ever in my faith because of what I was going through. And you just, I think once you surrender to that, there's a lot of peace and serenity and just kind of understanding, okay, like it's going to be okay. This isn't what I thought, but I'm going to trust the plan here. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about it, I think as humans, like, and I did this as you try and negotiate with God, right? You're like, okay, well, if only I, if you can give me this, then like, maybe this will happen. Trying to like process in your mind, how, the plan should work, still trying to have that control. Um, so it's really hard. But like I said, I think once you surrender, you really find an extreme amount of peace and you can focus on the road ahead, like just trusting, like I said, the plan and and the power in it. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, okay, so you can control all, all this. We are in control of our mindset and our attitude, right? But I mean, obviously you're going to have bad days and days when you're like, this is horrible and you just can't get yourself out of this maybe negative mindset. Like, how did you get out of that mindset? How did you find yourself if you did find yourself in stuck in this like spiral almost? Because some days I find myself where I'm like, okay, I trust you, Laura, but this really sucks and I can't have a good attitude. You know, how do you get yourself out of that? So um, what was really hard for me, I guess, at the age of 33 is like most people my age had never gone through anything like this. So it was really hard for my friends to actually understand what was going on. And of course, like going through chemotherapy, you're immunocompromised. So even going out to dinners and stuff like that, a lot of that had to halt because I wasn't able 
um, to be out amongst a lot of people. And that was really, really hard. And Mm -hmm. they didn't understand what I was going through. And I didn't understand why they didn't. So it was kind of a long cycle. And you catch yourself or I caught myself really feeling sorry for myself until I went to Mayo Clinic. And then you start seeing five-year-olds who are dealing with things like this or things way worse. And suddenly you realize like, you know what? Like there's always things that could be worse and you find actually some gratitude in the journey. And I think that's where my mind continued to go after that was um, how quickly, and I think we'll talk about this or I'll talk about it later, but um, just how life goes by and you just don't realize the small things that you can find gratitude in, the God things, I guess, um, that are so beautiful around you. And you don't take time to really stop and smell the roses, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think how I got through it was just really finding that gratitude and being grateful for where I was. And also thanking God for the 33 years at that time that I did have. And they're wonderful years and the support system and the people praying right. for me. So that's what actually got me through was that gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude does solve pretty much everything. I mean, I think we talked about this on this podcast before that it's so important that, yeah, when you are feeling down, just either it's writing things down or thinking in your head, what are three things that I'm grateful for right now? Because there's always something like, and if it's, you feel like there's nothing, you're literally alive. That's so much to be grateful for, you know? And so I think just remembering that, like if anyone who's listening to, you know, if you're going through something really hard and it seems almost like there's no hope or something, but you're here. And that's just like a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. Um, And one of the other things that actually really helped me too to take it off of me and the poor me, whatever, is I started helping other women, like other young women who are diagnosed kind of plan for the journey. So I was connected out throughout the community in Bismarck with others who had been newly diagnosed and would do coffees with them almost as a support group. And we ultimately did create a support group. Um, But that helps so much to find a community that you could also like look to. Yeah, that's good. Well, it kind of seems like, I mean, you went through this whole experience, obviously for a reason. I mean, God put you through this because he has a deeper calling for you. But I mean, how have you learned to find your deeper calling or your purpose in life, like outside of everything that happened to you, um, but also like through your work and things like, tell me more about how you've learned who you truly are and to dig deeper. Yeah. So a diagnosis like this will definitely kind of put you right back (laughs) at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think you just realize, first of all, how precious life really is and how, again, grateful you can be for the life that you have. And like I said, you just learn how to really stop and smell the roses and appreciate all of the things that God has really given um, you and so intricately put in place for your life whether that's people, um, moments, like nature. And to me, surface level is just like really going through the motions that most of us get caught up in our day-to-day lives. Like you get up, you go to work, maybe you take care of your kids and you come home. And Mm -hmm. it's like you get on this hamster wheel of rinse and repeat day after day after day. And so 
I think one of the things that really helped me is like just stopping and finding some solitude and some quietness and just finding myself, but also again, like digging deeper into my faith and finding God, um, not finding him, but talking to him more. Um, so that helps. But then also through something like this, you really find like who your friends, who your support system is. And I think really digging into those relationships a little bit more um, also helps you just find like complete joy in your life. And so you don't waste your time with the piddly things or the people that aren't really serving you or your life. And you move on and you dig deeper into those relationships. And especially after COVID, I think that we are yearning for connection even more. And so I think that's, that's one. So take time to actually get to know the people that are in your life, like have those deep conversations and also like ask how they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I had some great friends that would every week, you know, come over to the house, how are you doing? And we just talk through some things, we talk through fears and that's getting below the surface level. Now think of that, like not even from a cancer diagnosis, but if all of us called one friend or family member and said, how are you actually doing? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your mind? What, what are you afraid of right now? Mm. And like having those conversations and we don't. So ultimately that led me to my um, coaching, um, digging deeper, finding those connections. Um, I've always had a passion for leadership and had a background in that with most of my work. Um, so what has kind of gotten me to this point was really digging in like to people and helping them find like their true fulfilled life mm -hmm. um, throughout their journey. So that's really kind of what has course corrected me. Right. The other thing that I will say I didn't talk about um, in the last question was I also have this piece because at the same time that I was going through my cancer treatment, my dad had a heart attack. So mm. I really probably believe that maybe stress had something to do with my dad having heart attack with me. Um, and he had some really, he saw the light. Um, so he had some really faithful moments and he also had a dream um, where God came and said like, don't worry about your daughter. She's going to be okay. Mm. And so we find a lot of um, peace in that. Really, it's it's crazy, but yeah, yeah, it's beautiful so. though. Yeah, so I think then like deep diving deeper, like just finding your true calling. It's it's giving yourself some grace, but like I said, it's finding that solitude to really listen to God and like what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, finding your purpose. It takes time, but you have mm. to give yourself some grace and some, some quietness too. Yeah. You said a couple of things first about connecting with others. I think we, so I recently heard this term that we're in the great reconnection now, like it used to yes. be the great nation, all these different things, whatever. But now I just heard that we're in the great reconnection. And I love that because it's like, we all truly are seeking this deeper relationship with others. And I think we can we can hear God's love, feel God's love through other people. He created us for community. 
And so I think if you're looking, you know, you're looking for your purpose or to get through something hard, like you said, Desri, like, you know, you needed those people, you needed that connection with others when you were going through, you know, your process of um, cancer and all the different things. And you probably wouldn't be able to get through it if you didn't have the connection with others. Um, so Absolutely. yeah, I just think that's so good. Um, and I think yeah, when it what, even comes to connection to like, even the power of prayer and like how there is, I, I can't even undescribable energy really with prayer and like how that connects you more than you think. Um, when you have that community of people like praying for you or when you're praying for others, um, I believe that there's just so much power in that. Yeah. Prayer is our most powerful weapon. Um, and so I also think something, you know, we say praying for others, you know, you're always, we, or what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that, um, you know, when you tell someone, oh, I'll pray for you, like remembering to actually pray for that person, because it's such an easy response to say, oh, I'll pray for you. But remembering, like I said, that prayer is our most powerful weapon, and we need to stick to that and um, just pray for people, because you never know what someone's going through. And I think the digging deeper piece and having these deeper connections with people, praying for them is such an easy way to get that deeper connection without actually even talking to that person. Like God is just asking God to help you to really see that person's heart. I think yeah. is a good way to do that as well. 100%. I see like, you know, on Facebook or anywhere where it's like people need prayers or whatever. And what I do is like, if I type, I'm praying for you. Like I literally stop what I'm doing at the exact moment, like to make sure that I do it. Cause mm -hmm. I just think it's so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I so guess I think finding your, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just have another question for you really when it comes to living fully in our faith and just in our lives, because I think um, having gone through a cancer diagnosis and coming out of this with a new perspective, I mean, living fully, when we haven't gone through something, I think we tend to go through the motions like you were saying before, but how do we live fully in our faith? and put ourselves out there and also grow in relationship um if maybe we haven't gone through something like this because it's easy to go through the motions when you're just like oh whatever it's another day so how do we fully live in your in, in your um uh, perspective sure so the first thing that i really think is take the mask off um yourself and others and like or for yourself and others and just be you. Um, it's very easy in this culture, in this world to like get up, get caught up on again, like the materialistic, like the social norms. And so I think take it off and be very unapologetic about doing that and finding your true self. Um, remember you're a child of God. And so I think that's hard for us to do, like trying to almost live in two different worlds, right? So like the faith world and like meshing them together, it's tough sometimes. And so I think taking the mask off, but then also, like I said, finding that solitude and like really digging deeper into yourself and having those conversations with God. Secondly, as I've talked about, it's trusting the plan and just having confidence in like what God's plan really is and knowing 
that he has his best intentions in mind. And so that's a tough one. I think mm-hmm. both of them are really tough. First of all, taking the mask off, um, finding yourself and then trusting the plan. But I think once you really start doing that and digging deeper, and it's not perfect, maybe it's 1% every day. I think you will find immense peace with that. And you also won't feel the social or the cultural constraints of what the rest of the world is telling you because you'll have the confidence and you'll be able to live very unapologetically, like I said, um, in a fulfilled world. Hmm. I love that taking the mask off, like we don't need to be someone different in each part of our life. And so, like you said, we sometimes live in two different worlds. We have this faith life that we live in we have our work life and all the other things that we do. And we have a tendency to just keep them separate. And that's not how we're called to live. We're called to live one full life, like a holistic life. Um, and so I like your analogy of taking the mask off. Like, who are you, who are you trying to hide from? You know what I mean? Like God right. knows God your heart. You. Yes. Yeah. Like that's such a good point. That, that reminds me of something is I was always told this is a random fact, but you're never supposed to wear like holy jeans to church. Okay. This is how, I, this is how I was raised. And it made me think, well, God, like, why, why can't I wear holy jeans to church? Because like, he sees me the exact same, like no matter what clothes I have on like things like that, like it, wh- why am I trying to be someone that I'm not when right. God is always going to see me the same, you right. know? Right. And yeah. look, I'm not perfect in it, of course. But I think recognizing it too, like, okay, how can I be better? Um, That's again, that hamster meal, right? Like taking the time to actually do it and go through the motions. But also again, like similar to my cancer journey, finding that supportive community that can like help you grow in your faith is super important. So what advice? I I love having coffee with one of my pastors Mm. and he's so down to earth and it just, it's so good. It's just- That's like, so I guess my question is what advice would you have to someone who is wanting to, you know, maybe have more conversations like this, but it is, it is scary to reach out. It's very vulnerable to reach out on a topic like this. So what advice, I mean, how did you reach out to your pastor for the first time and ask or to your friends and ask these deeper questions and have these conversations? Um, so I think how it really began was after actually cancer, then just kind of like a wild emotional hormonal journey of like coming off of what just happened and um, trying to really navigate my faith at that point. Again, it's never perfect. I always say it's like a roller coaster, right? Like you're just, sometimes there's ups and downs and whatever. And so I had a cousin that was actually involved in our church. She did youth ministry work. And so she invited me, she's like, just come, come to this church. I think you'll, you'll find that you're really going to like it. And so I did that. And I really connected with a lot of the people. And I also just connected in like the words and the sermons that the pastor gave um, and found a community there. Um, How did I, I'm trying to think I got involved in like our church um, choir band, I guess. And so that's really how I got to get connected. But if you're not wanting to get that involved, I think it's first of all, just taking like the leap. If you're not going to any sort of formal church, like just try one, 
And if that's not comfortable, I don't know if many pastors like this, but try another. Mm-hmm. Keep trying until you, there's going to be one that like fits you just right that you really like and can gravitate towards. So I think it's also finding the right humans that can put you in that spot to help you grow in your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what I did. But yeah, and I think another point is remembering that when you're going to church, different churches and trying to find your place that everyone's human and we're all sinners. And so not being intimidated, like, oh, these people seem so holy and all these things, you know, we get in this mindset that we're not good enough, which is so not true. But just remembering like we're all human. Um, they want to be loved as much as you want to be loved and accepted. Um, and so just having that mindset when you're going into conversations or anything where you're diving a little bit deeper, like everyone's wanting the same thing. Um, yep. But well, Desiree, I want to end with, I have two questions. My first question is, um, I always ask people this, but your favorite Bible verse and why? So I'd love to know that about you. Sure. So I don't have like one specific favorite one because there's so many, but I did, I picked one. Um, and you'll understand after I, I say it because it's really about my journey. So it's Isaiah 41.10 and it says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. Mm-hmm. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And so kind of coming off of what we just talked about in the journey, um, even the cancer diagnosis, right? Like you always have this little thing on your back right now, especially with cancer, like going, is it going to come back or what's going to happen next? Cause, cause you've gone through this trauma. And so I think that verse again, like really just provides me some hope and strength and comfort. Um, and again, like trusting his plan and knowing that he's always with us. Um, in addition, I think God provides us some amazing grace and understanding that we're imperfect people following a perfect God. Mm, I love that. And you always provide and always take care of us. Um, no matter yeah. what. Yes. Mm, so good. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I love always to always hear that. Cause it's like, oh, sometimes you just forget about specific verses that, you know, you they're like, oh, this is so impactful. So thank you for sharing. Um, my last question for you is how can people connect with you? How can people learn more about your coaching? How can people learn more about you? Uh, where can we find you? All the things like what's your business called? All of that. Sure. So really my business is just called um, Desiree Neether High Performance Coaching. Um, I have a website and it is thedrivenjourney.com. And so you can find information there. Um, I'm on social as well. You can just search my name, Desiree Neether. Um, happy to connect. And then my email, I'm happy to give that out too. It's just desiree.neether at gmail.com. So if anybody wants to reach out or just have a conversation or learn more about what my coaching is all about. Like I'd, I'd love to chat. There is no charge the first hour. So um, I love doing that. I love meeting new people. I love it. Well, and we'll put all the links to all this in the show notes. So everyone listening can connect with you um, and yeah, reach out. Uh, I would encourage everyone to just continue with the connections like Desiree and I have talked about so much. It's so important we find our people and we find people we can have deeper conversations with and just live more fully um, in community, but also in 
in relationship with God. And so Desiree, it's been so wonderful chatting with you this morning. Um, I'm just so grateful that you said yes to being on our podcast. Um, And yeah, thank you guys all for tuning in. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you.